Hello, and welcome to the Harvest Podcast, brought to you by The Field in Charlotte, North Carolina, where we put love into action. We hope that you are blessed by these previous sermons by our pastor, Reverend Dr. Peter M. Weary. Please be sure to subscribe and leave a comment on whichever podcast platform you use. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and YouTube at Mayfield Memorial Missionary Baptist Church, as well as Instagram at the Field CLT. Be blessed. Good morning, family. Aren't you glad that Jehovah has the final say? In spite of what's going on in our lives, that God has the final say. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mitch, for that powerful word and reminder for us today. Good morning, family. I am so glad to be with you here today, elated even. Our word today comes from the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. The book of Philippians, chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. I will be reading from the New Revised Standard Version, and it reads as follows. Do not worry about anything. But in everything, in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. For the time allotted to me, I want to come from the subject God-induced anxiety. God-induced anxiety. Let us pray. To the God of my ancestors, God of Shirley, Simmons, Mary, Bernard, and James, we say thank you. We thank you for this preaching moment. Now, God, come into this poor vessel and preach this word edify your people, glorify your name, and let the enemy run in trembling. All these things we ask in your awesome power, through the power of the Holy Spirit, and in that name above every name, in that precious name of Jesus, we say, amen, amen, and amen. Anxiety is described as excessive and persistent worry, a reaction to the stress that can look like a fast heart rate, rapid breathing, and feeling tired. I don't know about you all, but I have grappled with anxiety most of my life. I've always been an anxious kid, and one of the lowest, most anxious moments in my life was not that long ago. It was in 2022. We had just gone into lockdown from the pandemic, and I am teaching students behind the screen. And if you know anything about children with moderate to severe disabilities, you know that routine is significant for them. So for them to experience school behind a screen while at home, it was hard for them. They weren't able to understand that while they were at home, they were still at school. 
And as a result, it caused them great anxiety. And truth be told, it caused me an even greater amount of anxiety. During this time, I was engaged to my lovely fiance, now wife, but she was all the way in Houston, Texas. We didn't know if she would be able to fly into Charlotte to stay with me or if we would even be able to have the wedding that we have planned and poured large amounts of money into. This anxiety was so tense, so intense, that I had to go to the doctor and get medication to calm my nerves because I could not function at the time without it. Anxiety rippled me, kept me bound. And truth be told, I know I'm not the only one here who has dealt with anxiety. Statistics show that anxiety is a common place in our lives and we are all anxious about something. It goes on to say that 6.2% of people in our population deal with generalized anxiety disorder. We must also deal with the varying areas of anxiety, whether it be social anxiety or separation anxiety. We all combat anxiety in some way. We have all dealt with this anxiety from the oldest of us to the youngest of us. Anxiety has crippled our very being. But thankfully, the community of faith has helped us at times to deal with our anxiety. But can I muddy the waters a bit? Can I throw a wrench in your cookie cutter theology? What happens when your anxiety is induced by God? What if your walk with Christ is the very reason that you are anxious? I know I have rocked some of you and I really wanna apologize, but if I did, I would be lying because this is the harsh reality. This walk with Christ is not easy. This walk with Christ at times is not pleasant. This walk with Christ is hard and will cause anxiety. When some of us come to know Christ as our Lord and Savior, we enter into the body of believers and we start to lose people. Friendships deteriorate. Family members disappear. People judge us and question our authenticity. People who we used to be cool with are now saying that we are too good for them. They don't want to associate with us anymore. And even when you go into the church house, the place where we are supposed to be welcoming with open arms, some of these same church folks try to invalidate the transformation that has happened in our lives. I don't know about you, beloved, but all of this can make one anxious. It's something that I'm calling spiritual anxiety disorder. And it will make one not want to start this walk with God. And truth be told, anxiety that comes from walking with God is at times even greater than the anxiety that is brought about from the world. And I imagine this is where Paul was in our text. Paul wrote this letter to the church of Philippi in jail. Paul was doing God's work. And it resulted in him going to jail. Here is Paul. At one point, 
persecuting Christians. Then having a Damascus experience with the resurrected Christ is now being persecuted by the same people at the beginning that he called brother. Paul has been across Asia Minor preaching Christ and him crucified. And where has that gotten Paul? Paul has been bitten by snakes. Paul has been driven out of cities. Paul has been threatened. Paul has had multiple assassination attempts. Paul has been shipwrecked. And right now, Paul is in a prison facing possible execution. I don't know about you, y'all, but if I was Paul, I would be anxious in this moment. Paul has done what God has commanded him to do. And all that it has gotten him is hardship. Does this sound like any of you in the virtual audience today? You have done all that God has told you to do. To the letter, you dotted every I, you crossed every T. And all that you have to show for it is hardship, trial, and tribulation. But when we go through this book, we see Paul doing the opposite of how many of us feel during a God-induced anxiety. Paul tells us in verse 6, do not worry about anything. But in everything, through prayer and supplication, make your request known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. In a time where Paul should be anxious, should be worried, he is commanding this church in Philippi to not worry, for he is not worried. Paul knows his situation is dire. Paul knows that his journey has not been easy. Paul knows that he has lost friends on both sides of the aisle because of his conversion. Paul knows that death may very well be knocking at the door of his life. But Paul writes, do not worry about anything. In Paul's not worrying, we see a transformation from not worrying to rejoicing, from strength to not worrying, even when God is the author of his anxiety. Well, what am I saying? Well, beloved, Paul is telling us that our walk with God will bring about much anxiety. But Paul is also reminding us that while God will induce our anxiety, God will also bring about divine induced transformation to deal with the anxiety. I just stopped by here at 700 West Sugar Creek Road to thank God because there is still a solution to our anxiety. The good news is that God-induced anxiety will bring about God-induced transformation that will allow us to hold our heads up high and continue to walk with God even when we are in the prisons of our life. Paul has encouraged us today, y'all, in the realization that God has given us a transformative remedy for anxiety. Paul gives us three moves of transformation that are in the text in order for us to know about this transformative remedy of this God-induced anxiety. The first thing Paul shows us is a transformation through command. The first, the first part of verse 6 makes it plain. Do not worry about anything. We know this is a command because this gives us allusions to Exodus when God first gives the Ten Commandments to the people of Israel. Do not do this. Do not do that, and so on and so forth. Paul is telling us that before transformation comes, we are not to worry about anything. Now, 
Now, I know some of you are asking this question right now. How in the world can I not worry in this life? How can I do what seems to be an impossible task by not worrying? Because let's face it, it's easy to worry than it is to not worry. Let me say it one more time. It is easier for us to worry than to not worry because for a lot of us, worrying is a natural response to a natural situation. In our lives, we come across situations that causes a chain reaction in our body that will elevate the chemicals in our mind to cause anxiety. So the reality is anxiety will present itself in many aspects of our lives. It's almost as if Paul is telling us to blindly not worry about anything, to blindly follow God in the darkness and just trust and believe that this God-induced anxiety will alleviate itself in its own time. I imagine that's where many of us are today in our walk with God. We are hoping, we are praying that this thing will just work itself out. Many of us are experiencing Job moments. Many of us are experiencing Paul moments. Many of us are experiencing Esther and Ruth moments in our lives where we are expecting God to move in a mighty way to free us from this anxiety that God has placed on us. And yet, a day goes by, a week goes by, months goes by, years goes by, and we're still immobilized by this kind of anxiety. And in the midst of all of this, Paul is still telling us, do not worry. There's a strange paradox here. As it seems as if Paul is preparing us for a new mindset. It's not just that Paul is commanding us to not be worried, but Paul is also priming our minds to cause a shift because it's so easy to do what we are comfortable doing. For many of us, it is so easy to worry. It is so easy to have anxiety. It is so easy to do the things that have caused us this anxiety and to worry, especially when we're walking with God. But you see, Paul, in this command, is preparing us for something new. The push of do not worry sends a transformative chain reaction in our spirit. Paul knew this when he wrote it in Romans chapter 12, to do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of what? Your mind. Paul is challenging us to renew our minds to not worry about anything. 
Because to not worry about anything requires a transformed mindset. It requires us to shift in a way that makes us comfortable. Because again, we are so used to worrying that many of us, it is our baseline. So for us to shift the needle just a little bit causes even more anxiety because it takes us with what we're comfortable with. It takes us away from what we are used to. While Paul is still telling us to not be anxious. Because it is a command. It is not a recommendation. It is not a suggestion. It is a command. But oftentimes we still look at it as a a suggestion. Similar to how the children of Israel were commanded to do this, that, and the third. But they still made a choice to do the exact thing that God told them not to do. So in order for us to fully grapple with and to grasp this command, we got to make a decision to transform, to shift our minds and not worry. A good example of this comes from the 1999 movie, The Matrix, when Morpheus takes the main character, Neo, out of the office and gives him an offer, gives him a choice. He tells Neo, Neo, you can take the blue pill and the story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. You go back to being anxious, worrying, nervous, being still in the mundanity of life. Or you can take the red pill and stay in Wonderland with this invitation for me to show you just how deep the rabbit hole goes. He gave Neo this choice to deal with the anxiety that he knows and inquires about because he would rather give him a choice to deal with the anxiety that he knows or to inquire in curiosity about the anxiety that he doesn't know. But the good news in all of this is that Morpheus will walk with Neo and journey with Neo as they go deeper into the rabbit hole. Well, God has given us a command through Paul to not worry about anything. But the good news is God in this scenario is our Morpheus, while God invites us to go deeper into the rabbit hole of life to see where it goes. We most certainly know that Most anxiety in our lives is caused by sometimes God, but we know that God is with us, that God is journeying with us. And because God is the one that is showing us these new revelations, these new secrets, and these new things as we walk with God in this life. Through this command, we will be like Neo and transform into something unrecognizable to those around us. But before we do that, we must be transformed through this command. So, beloved, I am encouraging you that even though it will bring us more anxiety, God has commanded us with a transformative command. But not only has God given us that, God has also challenged us through Paul to do a transformation through commitment. The second part of verse 6 says, but in everything, By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. We see here there is a progression from the first move to this move that before you even get to this transformation of commitment, you first need not worry 
about anything. Only then can you add everything in with prayer and supplication and with thanksgiving to make your request known to God. Now, some of you Bible scholars are asking the same questions that I was asking while I was researching. Supplication is a kind of prayer. So why does Paul tell us to pray and then pray? Not only that, why is it that in all this prayer, we need to come with a spirit of thanksgiving? Well, prayer and supplication in the Greek are two different words. The word that is used first for the first prayer is defined as your general run-of-the-mill prayer that you address to God or even a place designed for prayer. It's not just our actions, but it's also a location. But supplication, the language suggests one of pleading and begging to God. I believe Paul is telling us that in our walk with God to help us through this God-induced anxiety, it requires us to be committed to not just addressing God, but to be in a posture, a location of prayer. Because a lot of us pray, but few of us have a prayer posture in our lives. For many of us, our prayer life is lackluster. It's a, oh God, we come before you now just to say thank you. Oh, God, I need this. I need that. Oh, God, I need that. I need this. We thank you in advance, God. Amen. But Paul is telling us, in order for us to endure this God-induced anxiety, we need to have some good old-fashioned crying out, laying prostrate, wailing to God kind of prayer, the kind of prayer that the church mothers pray, the kind of prayer that my father prayed early in the morning covering family, church, country, and world. That kind of prayer shakes foundations that requires us to bring everything to the table. Not just the bad, but the good too. Because everything to pray about the good stuff to pray about and the bad stuff. We got to pray about all the things. We got to pray about the good that has happened in our lives, but we also got to pray about the bad that has happened in our lives. We got to pray about the things that bring us up, but we also got to pray about the things that bring us down. We got to pray about our mountain experiences, but we also got to pray about our valley experiences. Therefore, Paul is telling us, do not just worry because in reality, we are going to have to pray about everything. There is nothing that we don't bring to the table in prayer, family. Part of the reason why we are so anxious in this God-induced anxiety, the reason why we are struggling is because we are calling ourselves, we are hiding some things from God in the audacity that we can even hide anything from God. We're keeping things close and trapped in ourselves because we are ashamed of what God may feel about that. Not because of how we feel, but because how God may feel. But Paul is telling us to pray about everything and not just to pray about everything, but do so with thanksgiving. And what does it mean to pray about everything with a sense of thanksgiving? Why is Paul telling us to have a prayer of thanksgiving when our lives have gone to hell? Well, when we pray with thanksgiving, it reminds us who we are praying to. 
It reminds us that we serve a God, that we're praying to a God who is sovereign, who is all-knowing, and a God that is with us despite all that we are going through. Despite all of this, this God-induced anxiety as a result of following the teachings of Jesus. But we are charged to pray about everything as it has power to alter our perspective for us to make these requests known to God. It alters our perspective enough to let us know that we can still bring it all to God. In all of the situations, all those people, all those doubts, in the midst of our doubts of faithfulness that have caused this anxiety, we need to bring it all to God. That anxiety that comes from following God the struggles that come with following God. Do y'all hear it? Do you hear it in your prayer life? God, I'm struggling. God, I'm telling you I'm hurting. God, I'm telling you I'm in pain. God, I'm telling you it's been difficult to follow you. God, I'm telling you I'm missing my father. God, I'm telling you I'm missing his presence. But I trust you enough that you will bring me out of this. Because now we realize that when you bring everything to God, it invokes a sense of thanksgiving in our lives. How many of us have been struggling when all we have to say is thank you? All we have to do is bring a spirit of thanksgiving into our prayer lives. I remember when Reverend Crow right, right now, I hear her in the spirit where she would say, God, I thank you. Every single time that woman of God screamed, you could see some people laughing. But when you heard her story, when you knew what she'd been through, when you know about the obstacles that she came through, all then you could say was, God, I thank you. Because having prayer, having a mindset of thanksgiving, bringing all of it to God will transform us in our God-induced anxiety. It is through prayer that shows us this commitment that God has given us, that God is challenging us to commit to prayer. We have to commit to pray about everything, the good and the bad. And we have to commit to making our requests known to God because God's only going to move unless we make our request known because God is not the kind of God that's going to invade our privacy. We got to make our request. And then and only then can we get to the next stage of this walk that God has taken us through. God is walking us through a command God has walked us through the transformation through a commitment, and now we realize that walking with God brings about a transformation through consequence. Verse 7 says, in the peace of God, hmm, that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So again, progression, in order for us to get to this consequence, we must first not worry. And then we have to bring everything to the table of God. It's so interesting, y'all. In our society, when we think of consequence, we always think of something bad. It's a reaction to something bad. You decided you were going to cheat on the test. 
and the consequences, you fail the test and possibly fail the class. You decide you want to steal an item from a store, and the consequences, you get a fine, you may even get banned from that store, and you might even go to jail. When we were kids, when we decided we wanted to act up in public at the mall in front of our parents, the consequence was, well, I don't need to tell you because it's been many of y'all's experience. But society has corrupted this idea when in reality, consequence is merely a reaction, a response to a decision that is made. It is the effect in the cause and effect equation because when you do this, as a result, that has occurred. So many of us are trying to get to the peace that transcends all understanding, but we have yet to not worry about anything. We have yet to bring everything to God, but we are so quick to want to have the peace that transcends all understanding. And I'm not gonna lie, I don't blame you because in this walk with God, it's not easy, nor glamorous. It requires a lot of us, and as a result, a lot of things happen to us as we walk with God. And to be perfectly honest, so many of us have been pleading with God for some peace that transcends our logic. But again, again, there's this progression. You can't get to the peace without not worrying, and you can't get to the peace without bringing it all to the table because it is in the transformation of not worrying and bringing it all to the table is where you get the peace. So once we follow the command of not worrying and committing ourselves to bringing it all to God, then and only then can we receive this kind of peace, this peace that makes no sense to those around us and even to ourselves. And the consequence isn't just the peace. The consequence is also we recognize that our hearts and our minds have been guarded in Christ Jesus. It makes me wonder if the entire time in this God-induced anxiety that our hearts and minds have already been guarded in Christ. Not by, not by Christ Jesus, not around Christ Jesus, but in Christ, nestled inside the nooks and crannies of Jesus. Beloved, this text is telling us that transformation from worrying to not worrying, from bringing some of us out to bringing all of us in, is key to receiving God's peace and Jesus confining our hearts and minds in him. And because of this, we realize that our identity is rooted in Christ Jesus. One thing I love, and y'all know I love talking about movies, and you also know I'm a big nerd. I love all comic book stuff. So one thing I love about the movie Black Panther is this sense of identity. Every time T'Challa had a rough moment, there was always someone in the background shouting, tell them who you are, or remember who you are. As a result of this affirmation, every single time he invoked his identity, there appeared to be a transformation that would happen within him. Despite the high anxiety moments of ruling Wakanda, all Chitala had to do was remember who he was. And that gave him the transformative strength that allowed him to fight his cousin, Interlactic Aliens and a mad titan hell-bent on destroying the universe again. Imagine what would happen if we challenged people to remember who they are 
and, be, and to be countercultural and not worry, to transform their thinking and to bring everything to the table of God. And the consequence is that God will give us a peace. And then and only then will we recognize that God has been guarding the, our sacred things the entire time. Beloved, I know we all have moments of anxiety and those moments will take us hostage, but Paul is beckoning us to transform by commanding us to not worry. Paul is challenging us to transform by committing to bringing it all to God through prayer and a spirit of thanksgiving. And Paul is showing us the power and the transformation by the consequence of receiving God's peace and our hearts and minds being confined, encased in Christ Jesus. I know this may sound strange to us. I know some of us are struggling with it, but we got to realize that we deal with a strange God and a, and a strange God has the capacity to create strange situations out of strange problems. God-induced anxiety has the capacity to bring out God-induced transformation, transformation that has turned seas into dry highways, Transformation that has turned dry rocks into a source of living water. Transformation that has turned a wet offering into a fire-consumed demonstration of God. Transformation that has turned a small amount of oil into debt relief. Transformation that has opened, us, opened up land into affordable income housing. Transformation that has turned a fierce storm into sleeping weather. Transformation that has turned ugly situations beautiful. Transformation that has turned fear to courage when we wait on the Lord. Transformation that turns stagnation into wings like eagles. Transformation that turns weariness into a sprint. Transformation that turns fainting into walking with power. Transformation that allows us to press forward even when the God-induced anxiety becomes too much because we know and believe that God is transforming us while we are walking with God through the anxiety. I'm God Mayfield and may God bless you real good but I just want to know is there anybody in the virtual audience who can attest that induced anxiety can cause induced transformation that when you're going through it God is transforming you through it when you're going through it that God is changing you through it that when you're listen to the command when you are committed to what God says you have the consequence of the peace because God knows that it's hard out here and sometimes the anxiety that God presses on us is too much but then you hold on stand tall stand flat footed and know that God is able to keep you from falling and will present you faultless before his joy with the seating power keep going Keep going, keep going, don't give up because God will walk with you and transform you in a God-induced anxiety. Amen, amen, and amen. Beloved, I am so glad that while God gives us divine induced anxiety that God also gives us divine induced transformation many of you here are struggling right now the anxiety of life has gotten you bound the anxiety that comes with walking with God has gotten you bound but there is good news that 
where there is God-induced anxiety, there is God-induced transformation. If this is you and you wish to be transformed, say this prayer with me. God, I give you my all. God, I bring my all. God, I hear your commandment and not worry. And Lord, I am here. Bring Jesus into my life. Give me the power of the Holy Spirit through baptism. All these things we ask in the precious, powerful name of Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. Family, people all over the world are rejoicing because one has said yes to God. Now that you have come into the community of the believers, you may want to join a church family, a community of faith. Well, I got good news for you. The field is open and ready to welcome you in. There's many ways you can do this, but the easiest way is hashtag FieldMeCLT. Someone will come and give you the next steps to discipleship. Not to Christian living, but to discipleship living. Pastor has told us he is on a mission, whether you choose to accept it, to eliminate all Christians in this church and to bring in that, to fill it up, disciples of Christ. If you are in need of prayer, prayer of supplication and thanksgiving, hashtag prayer. Someone will meet you virtually and pray over you. Because we know it's hard, but God has given us divine-induced transformation. Because every day is a day of thanksgiving. And what do we need to do? Take the time to glorify the Lord today.
We can't talk about prayer without leaving in prayer. Let's bow. Holy One, we say thank you. We thank you for this word, God. Lord, we are struggling with this anxiety that comes with the result of following you. But God, as your word tells us through the Apostle Paul, we can be transformed through a command, through a commitment, and through a consequence. So God, as we continue to walk this life, Lord, give us your peace, but not without not worrying, and not without bringing it all to you. And remind us that the precious things about us, our hearts and our minds, the very entirety of our being is being protected, garrisoned by Christ Jesus. We thank you in advance, God, for what you're going to do in our lives and in the life of this church. We thank you, God. And now we ask all these things in your awesome, transformative power through the guidance of the Holy Spirit and through the name above every name to the name of the one that guards our hearts and souls into the precious, powerful, transformative, chain-breaking name of Jesus we say. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you, God keep you. We will see you next Sunday. Don't forget to join us with the word on Wednesday. And as always, meet us here again. Same Mayfield time, same Mayfield place. Be blessed. Thank you so much for listening to the Harvest Podcast. We pray that the message has uplifted, encouraged, and challenged you as you continue your walk with God. If you're looking for a church home, the great news is the field is not confined by the four walls of the church, for we all know that the people are the church. If you wish to become a partner in ministry, but more importantly, a member of God's family, Simply reach out to us on Facebook at Mayfield Memorial Missionary Baptist Church or on Instagram at The Field CLT. Thank you once again and be blessed.